Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Investing with IBD podcast, sponsored this week by Vantage Point. It's Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Justin Nielsen, and always joining me, Arusha Pires from O'Neill Global Advisors. He's a portfolio manager there. Uh, welcome back to the show, Arusha. Hey, good to be here, Justin, as always. Okay. As always, as always. <laughs> and on today's show, we have our very own Alexis Garcia that will be joining us. Now, she's going to join us in the second segment. Uh, first of all, Arush and I will kind of go over what the market's been go doing this last week. Uh, then we'll bring Alexis on to talk about her new podcast, the Growth Stories podcast. And then we'll talk about a little bit of, of stock action going on. So let's go ahead and start maybe with the NASDAQ composite. Um, we got back up to the 50-day moving average line on the NASDAQ. And uh after last week's follow through day and you know the the rally getting undercut the rally low getting undercut on the Nasdaq uh things were looking like they were under pressure and uh maybe not going to work but does this uh action back above the 50 day moving average line change your mind Arusha? It's still a little too early to tell. We 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 obviously got hit pretty hard uh last week after that fall through day and, and you had the you had the fall through day on i can't even remember what date it was wednesday yeah mm -hmm. wednesday that didn't help justin but it's uh december 15th we okay. had it and then the next day on the 16th on a thursday it's uh, podcast we, day you should have that like <laughs> every right. podcast day is important to you <laughs> that's right uh and, but the, immediately the next day we sold off and it's like uh oh maybe this fall through day is not going to work and so at least on the the nasdaq we undercut the lulls we reset the count and so we're essentially day number two after today. So it's the, the, the first two days up right here. So we're, it's still a little too early. Next week will give us a little bit more indication, but gets even a little bit trickier than that because next week is just another holiday right. week and we're, we're going into the, the Santa Claus rally. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I know on IBD Live, we had a lot of questions that were happening on the pink rally day concept. Uh, so I just want to kind of, uh, clear up what this means. Uh, on, on a day where you close um, in the upper part of the range, even when you close down for the day, sometimes we'll count that because if you're showing power, if you're coming off the lows, um, it's it's like a rally happened intraday. But the trick is with this, uh, with this pink rally day, we never were trading more than 1%. Uh, I mean, we were down 1% at least for the entire day. On that day and if you looked at the the closing range i think if i remember correctly we were like in the 80 82 83 closing range if you just take the high and the low of the day but if you take the close from the previous day so really where did we drop from if you take that true range what's known as the true range uh, you were closing in the like 30 percent range um in, in in that area so not nearly as strong um so you know a lot of times you see a larger spread on those pink rally days. Um, Bill usually preferred to see them uh, really show some power, a lot of movement off the lows. So that day, I'll be honest, is just a little bit questionable to call that a pink rally day. Um, but we have seen uh, some strength here the last couple of days. But let's go ahead and maybe switch over to the S&P 500 because the S&P 500, uh, the follow through day is still intact there. It, it never undercut its rally day low. And so we're still trucking along, and uh, that one actually got above the 50-day moving average line a little bit quicker. Yeah, this is this looks better. So the it looks like the S&P has is starting to take more of the leadership role versus the Nasdaq, and so this is right near new highs 
Uh, and so it, uh, it is more constructive and not surprisingly, there are more stocks within the S&P 500 that are acting better. And it's kind of the, you can kind of go more towards the, the real economy stocks uh, mm-hmm. where uh, those stocks are hanging in there. Uh, but I, I, Justin, I think for, for the most part, it just seems like uh, even what's happened in the last month is almost par for the course for 2021, where you, you just have rotation f- to growth stocks, then back to the real economy stocks, then back to growth stocks. And that's been pretty consistent for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing uh, that also has been a little bit troubling, uh, maybe a little bit more treacherous, is the extra volatility. Um, just looking at the price movement on a day-to-day basis, uh, really since November 22nd, uh, that top, it's it's really kind of increased in the volatility. Um, I was looking at, you know, from the follow-through day on October 14th to the November 22nd top, uh, the average percentage move for the NASDAQ composite was about 0.6. Uh, and then since November 22nd, that's gone up to like 1.5. So a, a big increase there. Um, and I, I saw some information from Dow Jones that said that basically this December uh, volatility has been the most volatile month since September of 2020. So if you go all the way back and look at that month and the volatility that was happening there, uh, that's kind of where we're at. And this is the most volatile December that we've had since 2018, which was kind of that Fed-induced bear market. Um, So with that extra volatility, again, I feel like it makes it treacherous. How do you handle that uh, yourself? Well, you have to be patient. I I don't think it really... Now, you have to be more careful, obviously, with the volatility because you're going to get more signals, right? Or you're going to have more reasons because you're going to see a lot of these stocks starting to go up five, 6%, and you're going to worry about missing out on the the rally. And uh, so you you have to be very, very careful uh, on that end. But that being said, if you take a step back and and you kind of look at the bigger picture, with our strategy, not much has changed. You're still looking for stocks setting up building bases, breaking out of those bases. And that's the big difference. Even when we had that follow today on the NASDAQ on December 15th, a week ago on podcast Wednesday <laughs> recording, uh, you 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 have that fall today. That was one of the first fall days that I didn't buy anything. Usually I go in and I buy something. Uh, I didn't really buy anything because I didn't see anything really breaking out that was appealing to me. So I just kind of just kept, you know, uh, waiting on the sidelines and uh, just saying, okay, you know, let more stocks set up because there, there are, there's not a lot of participation in this, at least this first fall for that. Mm-hmm. And the, there's the other issue about, you know, getting to that point on the individual stocks, uh, 62% of the stocks were still below their 200 day moving average line as of yesterday. Um, and there are uh, still, you know, what is it, 73% that are below their 50-day moving average line as of yesterday. I don't have the data quite yet for today, but uh, that that does kind of speak to that individual stock um, setup, not having as many opportunities out there. Yeah, and but what the and it has been getting worse. But what what's the crazy thing is, it, it was with those numbers where it had been that there's been very little participation. Actually, there's been more stocks. Like you were saying, it was probably in the 60, 70% were below their 200 mm-hmm. day for months. 
And so that was kind of the strange thing. It's like you're seeing these indexes. They were they were always within new highs. They weren't correcting too much. Uh, but underneath the surface, there were 60, 70 percent of stocks that were, are, were going through bear markets really for the last few months. And and so you had this divergence and really kind of take a step back and you're and if you're looking at those numbers, we're telling you where there's very little participation. So that's a reason to be bearish. But then you're looking at the indexes and you're, you see them going up every day. Yet you don't know how that's going to resolve. A lot of times, for the most part, a lot of times they do resolve where the indexes finally start falling apart, start catching up and start heading towards the 200 day to, to resolve that kind of difference. Mm -hmm. Well, we certainly saw that action. I, and we've been talking about this for a while, how the Russell 2000 was showing a little bit more of the action that we were seeing in individual stocks. Uh, so if you pull up IWM and look at the Russell 2000, this is the iShares Russell 2000 ETF. Um, you know, we've been trading below the 200 day moving average line on that index. It's been, you know, trading kind of at the same level, you know, the lows that it hit all the way back in March and uh, June, July, you know, over and over again, kind of at this 209, 210 level, um, you know, that's exactly where it came down to in this latest downtrend. So this seems a little bit more reflective of uh, what what we're seeing in a lot of the individual stocks. Yeah, when when, when the Russell 2000 started to break out of this big consolidation, that was a reason to be hopeful. It's like, finally, the small caps are starting to act better. But then once it started failing, that was a, a reason uh, to be very afraid. Uh, and then, of course, you mentioned November 22nd. That was the, the real major shot across the bow for a lot of these growth stocks, where a lot of these ones that were part doing really well, they were taking up very quickly, like a like an Asana ASAN mm -hmm. on November 22nd. It was down about like 20% on in one day, more than 20% in one day. Uh, so you have these kind of combination of the Russell 2000 not participating, low participation anyways and then a, a number of these growth stocks that were able to do pretty well especially from october through november now they're just getting taken out so fast that uh it, it was pretty shocking yeah absolutely um and you know since we do tend to focus a little bit more on the nasdaq composite maybe you can wrap this up for us and kind of give people a, a little bit of the game plan i know that the 21 day moving average line is one of the lines that you look at a lot. That's the exponential moving average line. Um, you know, we did get a back, back above that, yes. but you know, if you drew a, a trend line, you know, kind of at the tops, uh, you know, starting, starting at the November 22nd top, you know, we're, we're kind of right at the, at, at the edge of that trend line. So it's, it's not quite definitive yet. So what, what is it that you're looking for to kind of pull you into this market or, are you just like, you know what, uh, let me enjoy my holiday. Uh, it, it'll be there for me next year. Well, for, for the most part, I'll probably just going to just say, for, you know, let's just wait till next year because we don't have that many trading days left. But if you're looking at this more without taking into account the end of year and all that kind of stuff, it gets back to the basics again. Are stocks setting up? Are they giving you an opportunity to get exposure to the market? If you have that fall today, you look for something to buy and hopefully there's there's a stock one or two stocks breaking out on that day last week when they were break uh when we got the fall today it was more the opportunities were more bounces off the 50 day which was fine if you wanted to try something there that that would have been totally fine but you weren't it wasn't enough time to see some well-formed bases uh one other thing that i just wanted to add and i know scott st Clair mentioned this on 
uh, IBD Live on Monday, and he brought up the RK uh, yeah. ETF, the ARK Innovation e ETF, and he highlighted that it, this topped back in February. And right. so this has been down and out for you know 10 months or so. Uh, and so a number of these high-flying growth stocks that did really well last year, they've been going through bear markets for 10 months. So if you start to see some of the, the if you start seeing the indexes crash, not crash, but start to crack and mm -hmm. see the, those large cap tech stocks finally start to break, it might not necessarily be the beginning of the bear market or a long correction. It, we might be, we might be actually ironically getting closer to this end of this correction because this stealth bear market has been going on for a while. And so maybe hopefully next year uh, in 2022, maybe you actually get a lot of growth stocks or newer stocks setting up that give us the opportunity to participate in maybe the next bull market. Yeah, well, I like that optimism. So when we come back, we're going to bring our very own Alexis Garcia onto the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Kicking yourself for that early exit? You can prevent them, and it's easier than you think. Go to freestockcoaching.com to see the tool independent traders are using to perfect their trades, artificial intelligence. AI doesn't involve staring at your screen for hours, and no research is needed. Just pick a stock and press a button. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see a live demo now. You need to be ready for rapid market changes, and AI can help you avoid potential losses. Check out freestockcoaching.com to learn more. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here along with my good pal, Arusha Paris from O'Neill Global Advisors. Uh, and also now we get to introduce Alexis Garcia, our very own Investors Business Daily multimedia reporter. Welcome to the show, Alexis. I was going to introduce you as our former podcast producer, but you've gone on to bigger and better things, I guess. Oh, I don't know about that, but it's great to see you guys. Definitely. Yeah, you should say welcome back to the show. Welcome back. Exactly. Yes, thank you. Know, you. Because... I've, I've missed both of you, uh, despite what Justin says, Arusha. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't say, he doesn't just say behind my back. He says it to my face, too. Yes, so. exactly. I'm just that kind of guy. Very, uh, very, very transparent. But uh, of course, Alexis Garcia was uh, always trying to keep control of Arusha and I, trying to keep our time down. Um, you know what? Better, better people than her have tried. So and that's um, probably why yeah. I'm a former producer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now you've decided that you've had enough with us and you started your own podcast. So I guess we could call you the competition. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing with the Growth Stories podcast. Right. Well, you know, I think I just really learned from the best uh, watching you guys, but uh, really just launching a podcast that can really highlight our own IBD reporters and all the great work that we do and really kind of take a step back and look at some of these trends, look at that newness that Bill O'Neill talked about, that in and can slim, and really just get behind some of the trends driving this innovation and growth that we see out there. So that's really, in a nutshell, the idea behind the podcast. And so let's let's you know you know let's let's go into some of these trends that that you've already discussed. And I watched the the first I think it was the first one but on the metaverse, which was excellent. And you know it's almost the opposite of the podcast like Justin and I do. It's it's short, it's bite sized, and it's just action packed with information 
versus ours was, you know, just complete nonsense. And it goes on. Oh, no, that you have a lot of information. But we don't have the festive backgrounds. You, you know, yeah, nice animations and everything like that. I mean, you had your own avatar. That was awesome. And not only that, but you got Patrick Seitz acting as an avatar. We got, yeah, we got Patrick Seitz. Uh, we set him up for that one. But yeah, our, our pilot episode was on the metaverse. Uh, you know, there's been so much chatter and it really just coincided uh, with uh, Facebook changing their name and going all in on that. But, um, you know, Patrick did a lot of great reporting looking at, uh, you know, the hype behind it. And really, I think, invest, you know, as investors, when we see these trends emerge, we want to know, like, is this really worth it? And I know they can come to your show for all the technicals and breakdowns, and they can come to our show to kind of get a little bit more analysis uh, news-wise on, on what's actually happening. And I think Patrick did a great job. I think he completely called uh, the fact that, you know, the early metaverse right now is looking a lot like uh, maybe Second Life for The Sims, uh, for mm -hmm. some of the elder millennials out there that remember well, that. You didn't have to use elder. That was not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I am an elder millennial. But yeah, okay. I think it's just uh, that one was a really great one uh, to kick off with because uh, it, it really kind of captured the headlines and uh, really kind of just showed, you know, what's what's actually going on and, and driving some of the movement behind these stock prices. Well, and I feel like one of the uh, things about it is the fundamentals. You know, this is something that uh, we spend a lot of time on the technical action. We're looking at charts and, um, you know, Bill O'Neill was always like, look, you know, I, I know that I spend a lot of time on charts, but you have to realize that you know, 75 to 80% of my decision making is off the fundamentals. Uh, you know, is it a company that has strong earnings growth? Is it a company that has strong revenue? And especially, you know, what's going on with the group? Because he was always talking about how stocks tend to move in groups. And so what I really like is how you kind of, hey, let's look at this trend, what's going on and the individual stocks within there. And uh, it was quite, you know, again, just starting with the metaverse idea, it was quite a diverse number of groups that got touched by this one single thing right because it's not just facebook i know i know mark zuckerberg likes to make it seem like he's uh leading the charge here but you know all the gamers out there they've been doing this for years and i don't think that's anything new to them we saw roblox has gone all in on that and they had a huge ipo this year and um you know a lot of different sectors that you know the fashion business is really trying to cash in on, on some of these uh digital clothing trends it, it's just really fascinating to see how this piece of tech is really going to transcend and cross a, a lot of different industries and there's a there's a lot of money to be made there's a lot of money to be lost but you know as you mentioned justin about bill and as so many of your guests have come in and said when we talk about the psychology of trading you know, all these companies are selling stories and a lot of investors are buying into that story. And so it's it's a little always nice to kind of take a little peek under the hood and just kind of break down like what that narrative actually is. And is it, are these companies doing what they say that they're actually doing? Yeah. And, and I, I would say just to clarify for those who aren't as familiar with the metaverse, you know, the metaverse is essentially just a 3D alternate universe where you're you're wearing goggles and you're essentially have a digital avatar of yourself, or it could be some, someone else, and you're interacting with other people in this 3D virtual world. Uh, any any other things to add to that, Alexis? 
No, and I think we're going to see a lot of interesting applications as a lot of these companies and tech people really try to figure out how this applies. You know, we've seen these virtual concerts pop up, especially over the pandemic. Uh, right. Little Nas X, Travis Scott, uh, millions of dollars made on those kind of things. We've seen uh, different video games with tie-ins, like you had Vans launch a NFT sneaker. Uh, you know, that whole thing plays into this. Um, I think with healthcare, it'll be really interesting to see how it applies to that. We saw Facebook launch their Horizon workrooms, which kind of looked more like a fancy Zoom meeting, which I feel like everyone's really uh, fatigued with right now. But you really kind of see this elevation and advancement of maybe what that work from home concept will look like uh, here in the next five to 10 years or maybe even sooner. Yeah, and but I'll just very so, quickly. Uh, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, would, I would just very quickly say with Facebook, uh, if anyone, like I, I tried the Oculus, the, the Oculus platform, their, their virtual reality goggles a couple of years ago, uh, when someone at work brought them in and it was mind boggling. It was mind blowing where, how immersive it was, where you put these goggles on and all of a sudden you're like scaling Everest and you're really afraid to fall <laughs> as you're kind of climbing. It's, it was terrifying. Uh, so it, it really is kind of that next step. Obviously it's at the beginning of it because maybe the goggles are too heavy for some people and things like that. But as this technology gets better and better, this metaverse is just going to become that much more uh, important. Mm. So maybe moving away from just the metaverse, because uh, again, that was a very interesting podcast, but that's not the only one you've done. You've uh, tackled the supply chain issues, uh, the oh, IPOs yeah. of this year, um, you know, EVs. Uh, what are some of the topics that you've, uh, I, I guess, found most interesting and what do you have uh, kind of in the hopper, you know, ready for people to explore a little bit more? Right. Yes, we had a, a great uh, episode on the supply chain with our reporter, Bill Peters, who really took a look at, you know, it's not really just some of the COVID backups, but uh, a little a lot deeper than that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we, I'm usually based in Los Angeles. And you can really see the effects of it. Well, we're all based in L.A. We can all see the effects of that happening. But, um, yeah, it was just really interesting to to see how widespread uh this still is two years into this we're still you know having issues trying to get toilet paper in some cases uh even testing now as this new variant spread so um it was interesting and that went to see how much of it you know COVID accelerated but there had been cracks uh forming prior to that um and yeah the the ipo boom uh, that our reporter brian deegan covered you know, we've seen these really blockbuster IPOs this year. Uh, I was really excited about Rivian. I know a lot of my friends were. We've seen Coinbase, uh, uh, Roblox, as I mentioned. And we, we have nearly a thousand companies going public this year. Uh, it's, yeah. It feels like it's been an insane year. And it doesn't really seem like it's going to be slowing down either. So it was really interesting to kind of see why, what's been driving uh just the huge valuations really. And, uh, and it looks like it's not slowing down. So I, I think it'll be another interesting year for investors, uh, especially a lot of younger investors that came into the market that really were captivated by some of these names. Yeah, well, the going on, speaking of driving Alexis with the Rivian example. Now, you, you mentioned to us yesterday when, when we were talking that a number of your friends were very excited about this IPO and they were trying it uh, uh, pretty quickly. 
uh, give us a little feedback on that and give a little bit of color. Right. And I, I think, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of my friends uh, just started investing in the last year. We saw that trend really pick up in 2020 with uh, new investors entering the market. And a lot of my friends and uh, you know, myself included, uh, really interested in Rivian, really excited about the company and the product. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times the mindset is, oh, we'll buy an early and hold. And I, and I would recommend listeners of this podcast to go back and listen to some of episodes with Kathy Donnelly talking about the life cycle trade and her research on IPOs, because, you know, you, sometimes you don't always want to buy the first day uh, <laughs> as, as these uh, technical action in the chart builds. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just really interesting to see the excitement that a lot of these companies generated. And you see a couple of, you know, big names that are going to be coming up next year, potentially. And so, you know, I think investors that want to get into the game, you know, it's it, again, it's not just about the story and, and the cool, uh, edgy graphics and stuff like that. It's, it's really understanding the fundamentals of what these companies are doing and buying at the right time and, and selling at the right time. Yeah, that's that's key. Um, so again, because you're kind of getting on some of these themes uh, and, and really in some ways it's, um, you know, some of these themes are where a lot of the speculation has lied. And as you said, uh, where some of that higher valuation um, has has been gravitating towards. Are there any uh, any things that you've got coming up that uh, you want to share with us and you know, to let us know what we can expect in the future? Yeah, I, you know, the next few episodes I'm working on, uh, you know, again, looking at electric vehicles. I think that's been really popular among our audience. I know you guys uh, talk about it on IBD Live all the time. Uh, that is not going away, especially with uh, some of the infrastructure uh, deal that's been happening. So I think a lot of people um, are interested to see, uh, you know, how that's going to play out. Uh, also going to be looking more at crypto and some of the coming regulations. I think there's a lot of confusion around that. And uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, trying to see how I think we know the value of cryptocurrency and we know that there is money to be made. But, you know, again, it just it's such an early in um, it's such an early phase. And uh, it's really hard when we don't know what regulators are going to be doing. And then, yeah, we'll be also looking at uh, some space tourism stuff, some fun uh, stuff with our reporter, Jillian Rich, who's, you know, been on that topic uh, for a long time. So that's what's upcoming for me. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, the the amazing thing, even, even with uh, the electric vehicles, a lot of these trends are just really early on. And mm -hmm. I just remember back like 20 plus years ago with, with the internet and when Amazon went on its first run or Yahoo and, and things like that, you're like, oh, I missed the internet run. Like, no, I, it, it took years <laughs> and they gave many chances many more mm -hmm. companies started to come out the iphone came out and all of a sudden spurred on all these other apps uh companies to come out and facebook emerged you know 12 years later after you know 2000 so uh so all these these trends it's good to start learning about them early on but uh these things are just getting started and there are going to be many more companies that we haven't heard of uh starting to emerge over the next 10 years Absolutely. And I think as you both stress so much on this show as well, like really having that patience and discipline of, you know, you may feel like you've missed something, but there's always going to be uh, that new thing coming up around the corner that uh, you can hop onto. And it's really just studying those past precedents and uh, 
being on top of it and keeping it on your watch list. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, welcome back, and we miss you. Uh, anytime you want to come back. Uh, I miss we, you we, all, too. Have a wonderful <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for showing up. Uh, okay, and when we come back, we'll take a look at a few stocks that Arusha and I are uh, checking out and maybe kicking the tires on ourselves. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Why trade off hope and optimism when you can trade using the world's most powerful indicator? Artificial intelligence has been used by traders to navigate the markets for the past three decades. Visit freestockcoaching.com to see the world-leading AI forecasting software for yourself. Trusted by more than 32,000 traders, AI uses millions of data points to track market trends, giving you the support you need right now. Go to freestockcoaching.com and we'll help you find great opportunities today. Our experts will show you what stocks are setting up for big changes right now. So head over to freestockcoaching.com for a free demo. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here along with Arusha Paris, and it's time for us to go through some stocks. Uh, as we mentioned, it's been a little bit of slim pickings, but we're going to do our best to find uh, some of the things that we're kicking the tires on. Um, Arusha, where would you like to start? Uh, well, Justin, I think we should start out with Seagate Technologies, uh, ticker symbol STX. And so here's a stock that emerged out of a big cup and uh, ha had a pretty strong breakout that reversed uh, on November 12th. Uh, and since then, it's been consolidating and finding support off the 21-day moving average. And it's uh, got back above the, the pivot from that larger cup of 106.22. Uh, so it's acting pretty well. Uh, it has run up a little bit in the last couple of days. It could pull back and maybe consolidate a little bit more. But, you know, this is just one of those stocks that kind of sticks out when you look at a bunch of stocks, because most stocks you're looking at, or at least that, that I'm seeing, are, are broken. They need a lot of time. And then all of a sudden you see a stock like this that's right within its all-time highs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's been interesting is this has been a group that's really been moving up. Um, Micron, uh, ticker symbol MU, is in this group. Uh, it just had earnings yesterday and, uh, you know, really had a strong move, a, a breakout, um, you know, off of, off of that earnings report. So you've got other members of the group that are looking strong, you know, STX being among them. Uh, and to your point, most importantly, I think, is just how well STX held up. You know, while the market was coming down to its 50-day moving average line, undercutting that, um, you know, this has just really been holding right at its 21-day moving average line. And if you take that step back to the weekly chart, uh, you see that it has this, you know, this big week, um, you know, a few weeks ago. And then the last six weeks have just been all inside that with uh, three weeks tight. That's that blue shaded area. So tight closes in there. Um, really just seeming like it's not wanting to go down at all. And uh, it's not like this is uh, doesn't have the fundamentals. You know, we were talking about that a little bit with Alexis. Um, this last earnings report was showing triple digit earnings growth and revenue growth at 35% for the last uh, quarter. So it's it's no, no, um, no speculative name without earnings. Uh, th this has some chops in that fundamental regard. Yeah, and, and both on an earnings and sales basis, they are accelerating too. So 
It looks like Seagate is hitting on all cylinders here. And getting back to that weekly chart where uh, it's been consolidating for the last six weeks, it's almost forming a flat base yeah. with it after breaking out of that cup. So you'll sometimes see that, and that is a sign of strength where if a, a stock is breaks out, but it's during when the market is turning, instead of falling apart, it goes sideways and almost, almost waits for the market to get its footing and start resuming. And then the, these stocks can move higher. And also with the outperformance, you can see it on the relative strength line. It's just a, a very strong move upward to the right on the RS line, right near its 52-week highs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a lot that is looking interesting about that one. Um, and of course, this is more in the tech space, uh, but we also have uh, some of the stocks, as you mentioned, you know, the S&P 500 has been uh, in a little bit of a better position, um, you know, getting back above its 50-day moving average line quicker, not undercutting the December 3rd lows. And so to that end, uh, it might be worth looking at some non-tech names like uh, Nutrien, NTR is the ticker symbol on that. And this is something that was added to leaderboard today. Um, and, I, and I will say this is something we put on Swing Trader a couple times. And uh, we were just maybe a little bit early because we kept on getting shaken out. But you know, it was really holding right at its 50-day moving average line. And uh, today, I mean, this was a solid breakout. And not only that, but you can notice that there's some volume uh, behind the buying in this stock right now. Yeah, yeah. You you had it finished right at the top of its range. It was up almost three percent today. The volume was 66 percent above average. And so there was the, definitely, as you said, Justin, some buying coming into the stock a nice flat base a nice breakout here a couple days ago you had that nice shakeout uh where it it tried to break out or came close to breaking out last week and then this week on monday when when it was the whole market was tough here comes uh nutrient undercutting the 50-day coming back up having a shakeout closing at, uh, right above the 50-day and the next two days it gets the power to to break out so overall on a price and volume basis uh, this is good action, especially in the type of market that we're in right now. And here we are uh, with the indexes still, you know, a little bit off their highs, uh, not too far. Again, it's hard to you know, say that this is a, a major correction in the indexes when you've got uh, them so close to their, their former highs. But this is one that is actually in new high ground um, on this breakout. And again, I think one of the, the hallmarks here is whereas a lot of these former leaders were showing such, you know, volatility, huge breakdowns, moves below the 200-day moving average line. This one is just really traded uh, fairly tightly. And it has already had, you know, you could say a, a pretty decent move. But I think a lot of people are looking back to um, what happened in the early, early aughts, where the fertilizer companies had such a, a big move. You had potash and mosaic and um, a lot of those that were just really strong moves that lasted for a while. And with the pricing pressure that's going on with nitrogen and the fertilizers, I, I guess a lot of people are wondering if this is still early days. Yeah, and uh, well, when you look at it on the weekly chart, you can look at the character of the stock too. Uh, this isn't necessarily a runaway stock when it breaks out, right? So I, I wouldn't necessarily put this in the category of a great breakout stock. This is probably more of a stock that uh, you wanna buy, you're generally better off buying on a pullback or when it gets closer to the the 10 week line and also it requires more patience because this is not one of those stocks that's just going to break out take off and you can quickly lock in your 20 percent 
you get you got to keep all of that in perspective and and these are the type of stocks that i kind of struggle in with more because they just take longer and they just yeah. slowly move up and then I'm watching all these other stocks moving up a lot quicker, and and I'm wondering why am I in a a, a slow moving stock like this? Mm -hmm. Well, and again, getting back to that point of the fact that these can make moves, it might be good to just do a quick change date feature on here. You know, maybe go to 2010 so that people can see, you know, what what it looked like at uh, kind of the, um, you know, that big move that it had basically from 2006 um, onto the the peak in in 2008 and again a lot of this was slower moving you see a lot of three weeks tight yep. in that move um so again showing you the kind of personality that the stock had but you know when you turn around and you see hey this thing went from 40 to 230 uh that's still a decent uh, a decent move there yeah i mean it's just a remarkable run i mean that this had the back then it, uh, during that run that was a characteristic of like a great growth stock uh, mm -hmm. But you know what? They, they were they were essentially a growth business at that point because they were selling out of, of their product and they were able to price their product really high. And so that just resulted in a huge amount of earnings. And this, along with a lot of the other ag type of stocks, did really well during this time period. Right. And I always, you know, kind of think of that whole idea of uh, when you're looking at industry group moves, um, that can be the end factor. I mean, at that time, it was certainly the urbanization of China. You have, you know, a lot of the uh, the population moving to urbanization, um, you know, requiring more food. Uh, and that, that was a big thing as they got into the middle class, developed their middle class. You had more food there. India was kind of doing the same thing. And then you also had the oil stocks that were uh, increasing in price. Uh, oil was getting more expensive. And so a lot of people were looking at the biofuels. So sometimes you've got that perfect storm of things that can act as a uh, a big impact on a, a particular industry um and we, sh we should go ahead and just maybe take a look at mosaic too because that also during that time mos um you know really had a strong move uh you know during that time because again this was a group move and mosaic is another one that's setting up uh cf industries um has also been showing a lot of strength recently so uh again a lot of times we look for that confirmation from other members of the group and this these fertilizers certainly have it there yeah yeah his history a lot of times doesn't repeat but it rhymes and so mm -hmm. when these uh when, when these commodities uh when it's their time they they can go on some pretty good trends and in the end you know you don't want to necessarily predict just let the charts tell you when to get in them and and how to manage them mm -hmm. um now sometimes i've found that uh with commodity type things it it, it can be a little bit more difficult because you're you're really relying on the price of something else. Um, yes. Is that is that ever a concern for you? Yeah, it, when you always have that other variable. So with the commodities or like a lot of times with like the gold stocks and things like that, mm. or even these days with the crypto stocks, with, with Bitcoin, uh, if you're looking at some of those miners that are that have recently come out public uh, or any any company that's heavily involved with crypto, uh, they're going to be tied with that that underlying commodity. So with the going up with the crypto stocks, when Bitcoin starts to plummet, those stocks are going to get hit too. So I generally don't, I, I, I have a harder time uh, doing well in those stocks that have that extra variable because all of a sudden out of the blue, something's going to come out or just that the Bitcoin or the, some, the commodity is going to just plummet for whatever reason. Uh, and I'm not going to know why. I'm just going to see the stock, 
And so I'm just going to probably get out at that point. Uh, and usually I'm, I'm going to be getting shaken out. Yeah, very good. And uh, anything else on your radar that you want to take a look at before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I think it's worth mentioning. And I think we've spoken about this in the past, too. But the home builders and yeah. so Toll Brothers, we can pull up. We might have spoken about a DR Horton in the past, but uh, Toll Brothers is another one. And this is another group that loves to travel together. So ticker symbol mm -hmm. TOL, I'll switch over to the daily chart to start off with here. But uh, you had a pretty good breakout uh, a few weeks ago out of this large, large base back on, uh, I consider back on uh, December 2nd as kind of the key breakout here. And then, you know, sometimes it's when the markets get harder, it's going to be a little trickier and they're going to come in um, harder than you can imagine. And, and a couple of days ago on that Monday uh, on the uh, on the 20th, on December 20th, it came right back to the pivot uh, right mm -hmm. there. But, you know, who's going to be brave enough? It's really hard to be brave and buy when the whole market is falling apart at that time. But when you look at it from the price and volume action, uh, it has done nothing wrong, even though it ran up like 10%, gave it all back, uh, had a, a pretty uh, nice little shake out there. And now it's like kind of like back to uh, almost new highs. And I guess that's the point is, you know, for some of these where, you know, they did run up a little bit um, and, and gave back a lot of the gains. But I guess where it held is, is what was really interesting to me. Um, again, uh, I know the pattern rec is showing a you know, a buy point up at 68.88 or, you know, 10 cents above that. But really, uh, I, I think a lot of us were looking at this as a lower entry, you know, right there around 66, because, you know, that's an area that got tested uh, multiple times. And, you know, you could kind of get that early, early entry. Now, of course, the flip side, that early entry came right ahead of earnings. Uh, yeah. Was that was that anything that, you know, made you put on the brakes or, or would make you make you put on the brakes here yeah i mean that was the reason why i passed on it was, was it uh i really liked it i really liked the breakout but it was only a few days before earnings and so i just held off on, on buying it at that point um so uh, and i actually went to dhi dr horton and and bought that instead because they already got earnings out of the way mm -hmm. um, and but this one like you know like a lot of like a lot of these other home builders it, the dr horton also ran up came back in, had the nice shakeout right at the pivot right there, right at the top of the the double bottom, uh, found support there and, and seems to be, it's still acting fine. It's still acting normal. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, a lot of people with the Fed uh, saying that they're going to be tapering maybe a little bit quicker, um, looking at maybe three uh, rate hikes next year. And again, you know, getting very serious and hawkish uh, in order to control inflation. Um, of course, that should be putting some pressure on the 10-year Treasury yield uh, to make, maybe make that rise. Hasn't happened quite yet, but is, is that a factor for you? You know, those fears of what's going to happen with the 10-year Treasury, the mortgage rates going up, how that effect is going to spill over to housing, um, or is it just, hey, this is what the chart is telling me. I'm going to go off of that. Yeah, it, it, it isn't. I don't take too many of those other variables into account. I'm aware of them. Mm -hmm. and kind of just from a macro level but the the problem is is that at least for me if you start taking into a lot taking a lot of those other variables into account uh it starts to become really noisy yeah. and it and it's hard to kind of get a clear decision and that's one of the reasons why i really like just looking using the price and volume action to help make my decisions because in the end 
the market, the stocks, they're going to take all of that uh, information and in the end, they're going to result whether they want to buy the stock or not. So for whatever reason, and, and you're absolutely right, those are definite concerns. It's like if, if all of a sudden the rates start going up, hey, how are they going to, you know, they're not going to sell as much, right? As, as many houses, you would think. Um, but for whatever reason, the market is still optimistic about uh, the, the, the home builders here. And they're looking at like one of the stronger groups uh, in the market right now. They're currently ranked uh, 30 out of 197. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find that even sometimes having too many indicators on the technical side yes. can make things noisy. I remember uh, looking years ago at, at one of the brokers and it was saying, hey, well, you know, we'll give you, you know, give you our take on any stock, you know, and I typed in a symbol and it had like, here are four indicators that are, you know, super bullish on it. And then they had three indicators that were super bearish on it. I was like, well, I don't know what to do with that. You know, right. <laughs> that, that's basically even. You know, um, so again, you have to be careful of using too many indicators. Um, you know, sometimes it's best to you know keep things simple, as you said. Um, well, hey, thanks for uh, showing up again, uh, as always, Arusha, and uh, I hope you have a good Christmas holiday. Um, you and I are both actually going to take a little holiday uh, next week. Um, do you have any good plans? Uh, not really. <laughs> Okay. You know, right. just kind of, kind of do the same thing. The, my one break will be not doing this podcast. <laughs> That's going to be your break. So yes. uh, no, never fear. We are going to bring Jim Ropel in uh, one of the episodes that he did with you. This was one of those episodes where he just uh, uh, was sitting down, um, shooting the breeze with you for a while, a couple hours and uh, telling war stories. And uh, again, for those that really enjoyed his podcast a couple uh, weeks ago, uh, and again, the optimism that he just brings to the table. Uh, this is some really good lessons from his decades of experience. So uh, we hope you join us uh, next week for that repeat episode. And when we come back for the new year, uh, we've got a very special guest. We're going to have Jeff Hirsch from the Stock Traders Almanac. And so he's going to help us kind of tell a little bit of the story of 2021 and what may be ahead for 2022. So we hope you will join us for that. Until then, hope you have a great holiday, and we'll see you next year. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.